This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to WSOY on NowDecatur.com. This stream is presented by Hickory Point Bank. Invested. Our investment in Decatur is an investment in everyone who calls Decatur home. Including Senator Doris Turner and five history experts, Illinois State Museum Interim Director Jennifer Edgington says people looking for more info or to get involved can find the task force webpage on the Department of Natural Resources website under the Boards and Commissions tab. Illinois Attorney General Kwame Raoul has joined 21 of his counterparts in submitting a letter to the Biden administration asking for swift implementation of proposed regulations prohibiting the sale of menthol cigarettes and flavored cigars. The coalition is urging the administration to finalize its reviews of the FDA's proposed rules without delay. For more stories, podcasts, and videos, visit our website, nowdecator.com. The U.S. goes on the attack again in Yemen. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News, targeting Houthi militants for the fourth time in less than a week after another American ship was hit near the Red Sea, causing a fire and damage. We are going to continue to work with our partners in the region to prevent uh, those attacks or deter those attacks. Major General Pat Ryder at the Pentagon, hours after the U.S. redesignated the Iran-backed Houthis as a terror group for all the recent attacks disrupting shipping. Iran has also been busy launching attacks this week in Iraq and Syria and Pakistan, which has retaliated. These strikes by Pakistan's Air Force allegedly targeted militant hideouts, much like Iran said after its own airstrikes yesterday. It appears the two countries are targeting separate groups they accused the other of harboring. Iran State TV says at least seven people died in Pakistan's attack. That's Fox's Jonathan Savage. A bad weather disaster in Portland, Oregon. A power line fell onto a car in an ice storm killing three people and injuring a baby. It's five days now before the New Hampshire Republican primary. Nikki Haley says... We're focused on Trump. That's all we're focused on. Um, DeSantis, I forgot about him the second he left New Hampshire. He is a distant third in the polls there. DeSantis moved a majority of his campaign staff to South Carolina. Haley's home state, insisting a loss there, will deliver a knockout blow to Haley's campaign. Though DeSantis tells Fox he's not skipping New Hampshire. Fox's Brian Yenis, former President Trump with double-digit leads in most polls campaigned there again last night after he again went to court in New York. It's a totally rigged deal. This whole thing is rigged. Election interference. Talking about the civil defamation trial, the judge threatened to remove him from admonishing the former president for muttering witch hunt and disgrace during Eugene Carroll's testimony. The author has sued him again for more damages after already winning her first case, alleging he defamed her, denying allegations of sexual abuse decades ago. The former president won't be there today, instead going to his mother-in-law's funeral. America's listening to Fox News. Don't let everyday aches and pains keep you from living your best life. I don't think I really understood what people meant when they talked about pain until I started feeling it myself. Start feeling better every day with Relief Factor, a daily supplement designed to support your body's fight against aches and pains. Not only do I move better without pain, I just feel better. Created by doctors, Relief Factor uses a unique formula of natural ingredients that target four metabolic pathways to address pain. Relief Factor doesn't just mask aches and pains, it helps reduce or even eliminate them. Today, I do the things I love and it doesn't occur to me to think about pain. You can feel the difference all day, every day. Join the over 1 million people who have tried Relief Factor's three-week quick start kit. It's only $19.95. Visit relieffactor.com or call 1-800-4-RELIEF. That's 1-800-4-RELIEF. And feel the difference of Relief Factor. There's optimism in the Senate. They can pass a bipartisan short-term funding plan by tomorrow to avoid a partial government shutdown. We have a number of important international responsibilities. Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, but some of his fellow Republicans in the House opposed the plan, demanding more spending cuts. And McConnell was among the congressional leaders who went to the White House, where President Biden told them... Continued failure to act on Ukraine aid endangers national security and the NATO alliance. If we don't come to Ukraine's aid, that the consequences for America around the globe would be nothing short of devastating. But Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says the group also discussed border security and immigration provisions that Republicans say must be a part of the president's spending request for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan. We must insist, we must insist that the border be the top priority. House Speaker Mike Johnson says he also raised questions about Ukraine's war plans and oversight of U.S. assistance. 
Jared Halpern, Fox News. House Republicans will hold another hearing today as they consider impeaching Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas over record illegal immigration. On Wall Street, stock futures are mixed the day after more selling. It was a sad night in the NBA. Moments of silence observed before NBA games Wednesday. There had been 10 scheduled, but only nine took place as the Warriors jazz game in Utah got postponed after popular Warriors assistant coach Dejan Milojevic died Wednesday. Initially reported as having suffered a sudden and serious health issue Tuesday while dining with teammates and coaches in Salt Lake City, Dejan Milojevic, 46 years old, had a heart attack. He was hospitalized. Life-saving efforts were unsuccessful. This Fox is Jared Max on the court. The top team in the East, Boston, beat the bottom in the West, San Antonio. And Cleveland won a sixth straight game, blowing out Milwaukee by 40 points. I'm Dave Anthony, and this is Fox News. Join the fun at the Bush Light Comedy Series at Three Ravens in Monticello. J.B. Ball has written for Kevin Hart, Snoop Dogg, and for the hit show Ridiculousness. And he's currently on tour with Brad Williams. Did you know that a chameleon's tongue is as long as its body? If they could speak, their lisp would be crazy. Get your tickets now at threeravens.pub. For shows January 25th through the 27th, it's the Bush Light Comedy Series at Three Ravens in Monticello. Thank you to our sponsors, Flatline Construction and Remodeling. Channel 20 storm team forecast today. It's going to be a low of 8 and a high of 32. For Friday, a high of 11 with a low dipping down to 0 and some wind. For Saturday, high of 14 and Sunday, a high of 26. The current temperature here at the disc is 21 degrees and your WSOY time is 6.06. Good morning and welcome to the Thursday edition of Buyers and Company. We're on the road live at the Decatur Indoor Sports Center, the disc celebrating 100 years with the Decatur Park District. It is fantastic looking. About 500 guests will be joining us soon. The company starts now. Buyers and Company, WSOY, 1340 AM, 103.3 FM, streaming live at nowdecatur.com. Well, you've been around long enough, not all 100 years, but a good chunk of that. Uh, and you remember when this whole idea of having a disc was a conversation being had between Millican University and the Cater Park District, and uh, then it was built, uh, and then we were here. And I haven't been here in a while, it occurred to me, as I was walking in this morning, uh, no particular reason. Uh, but, man, you guys have transformed uh, uh, crazy what this looks like today. 
Yeah, yeah. We wanted to show the disc in a different light. Uh, a lot of folks come here for uh, athletic events and whatnot, but we wanted to show it. But you moved stuff in. I oh, mean, yeah. I'm still taking it all in. you got a whole shop set up with, I, I saw the Bears and Fairview Park T-shirts down there. Uh, you've got video jumbotron screens and a huge stage and uh, it, it looks like, the, is that the golf cart from the Overlook Adventure Park? That's a train car from the zoo. Is it really? It's a commemorative train car, and we're going to have sponsorship opportunities this morning for folks to sponsor a bench on that com- uh, commemorative train car. Really? Yeah. And, and then does it go back to the train? Sure does. All of our other train cars are red, and that one is painted green, white, and gray for our uh, 100th anniversary. Some zebra stripes on the bottom, and our uh, art staff decorated it with animals yesterday. So, yeah. Clay Gerhard, the executive director <clears throat> excuse me, of the Decatur Park District, uh, with us here uh, along with Nick Smith and Bill Clevenger is going to join us here in a couple of seconds. we got all kinds of guests. Uh, we'll lay out the morning for me. I know we talked about this yesterday, but uh, uh, you got the, the folks getting breakfast ready. That's going to start at around 7.30, right? 7.30 breakfast from uh, Brian Tucker and his folks from Bistro 537 at Richland. Heinkel's uh, has donated all the bacon for the event. Can't go wrong uh, with that. Good Samaritan is bringing donuts for the event as well. So um, tickets are just 10 bucks. You can come up to the door. If you got time, get dressed, get over here. Still in. Still in. Still in. And uh, we're going to have about 500 people as it is right now, but uh, we've got room for more. So, uh, hey, that $10, where are you going to get a $10 breakfast like that here in Decatur plus a show? It feels like April outside uh, compared to the last number of days. You know, I was walking across the park and I go, man, it's nice to just, you know, feel like you're not dying. Uh, You you buried the lead on the weather forecast, 50 next week uh, by Thursday. Uh, Hopefully get rid of this cold snap for good. Uh, Watching the alligator on the uh, video screens, taking a a dip at the the aquatic center, which is pretty cool. Uh, What is this 100 uh, anniversary mean to you uh, before we go back to the guy who was here for the first 90 of those 100 years? Uh, 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 it, what's setting the tone? It, it, you know, because it's great to celebrate the past, and, and, and milestones are important. Uh, as I mentioned to you yesterday, uh, WSOY will turn 100 uh, next year, and, and there's not a lot of 100 year old entities around, although we have our share here. But what's the future look like, right? I, I mean, yeah, this is like celebrate the past, bounce into the future. Sure, yeah, no. I think, uh, you know, number one, I feel extremely blessed to be at the helm during the 100th anniversary, but, but Bill did a ton of work to set that up. I mean, 34 years of, of hard work to, uh, to make the district what it is today. So, um, you know, I, I think you only get an opportunity to celebrate the 100th anniversary once, right, in our lifetime. So, um, we've got a lot of great events set up, uh, for the next year. We've got a lot of projects going on, uh, that'll be rolled out here this morning, some of which have been announced, some of which are going to be new. So, um, yeah, it's, it's always moving forward, right? Never going backwards, always moving forward. And and over time, Bill, the the Park District certainly has adjusted. You know, back in my day, there was a a Department of Recreation and there was Department of Parks, and that was all consolidated uh, after Jerry retired. And and you constantly, you you know, you look to the past to learn, but you're always looking ahead at what's next. Absolutely. If if you don't continue to look to the future, uh, you're just going to become a stagnant organization. And I I think that's one of the things that uh, the Park District over the decades um, from inception forward has done is look to the future and how are we going to create a future yeah you know it's amazing uh, I, I know they had the official uh, ceremony and, 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 and funeral and get together after Judy Locke had passed uh, I was not able to go was really bummed about that because uh, I don't know that you you had anybody more visionary over the years you know starting the Parks Foundation we'll visit with Allie a little bit later today you, you know all those extras you, you didn't just sit around and go all right well if we can't cover it with a tax base we just won't do it yeah, Judy and the, and the Park Foundation, you know, she kicked that off in the early 80s um, and in, just drove that pretty much as a single person for a long time. And then the board grew and is evolved into what the Park District has today. And the Park Foundation has been integral to look at the number of projects that, as Judy used to say, we can do the nuts and bolts, but this takes it to the next level. And I think that's what the Park Foundation has been able to do for the district over the years is take a number of projects to the next level. Yeah, it's been my great pleasure to serve for a very long time uh, on the foundation board and, and do whatever little I can do to help. But I, I think when I was talking to this to Drew earlier yesterday, the CEO of Decatur Memorial Hospital, 
and quality of life and what quality of life means to the community, not just the people that live here now, uh, but employers that are looking to bring people to this community to work. Uh, he told us yesterday he doesn't know if it's just still remnants of COVID, but, you know, people, uh, he's been doing a lot of interviews. They're hiring a lot of people, and he said people want to know about the parks. They want to know about green space. They want to know about recreation. They want to know about what do I do with my family. You know, you guys play a huge role not just in the community but in economic development. Oh, absolutely. We are a huge driver for, for bringing folks to the community and, uh, you know, bringing tourism to Decatur. You look at what the Devon has done. I mean, we had five sold-out shows last year that we had four and five hotels sold out here in Decatur for those shows. So, um, you know, that's one thing, we're bringing tourists in. But then, yeah, attracting people to our, to our community. One of the calls I get frequently from new realtors is, where's the bike trail network? You know, where, where is the, the, the best spot to get on the bike trail network for, for folks looking to uh, buy a house indicator? And, uh, I think that's a big shift from when we, we first started the bike trail. Bill could talk about that. Oh, it was like not in my backyard. Look, we could know, talk about that. that. Oh, Gary Little, uh, uh, and the phone calls. You know, that was like, I think just the first West End, uh, I mean, the very first introduction, right? Oh, you, you would have thought that the world was going to end. Yeah. Uh, very quickly when we started to talk about the old inner urban rail line is where we put the first bike trail. And it just, it was resistance, resistance, resistance. And over the years we've seen people, well, people would call and say, can I put a, can I put a gate in my back fence so I can just walk out onto the trail? And that's where we've evolved to, and uh, to the to the trail network we have today. And, and to Clay's point about the realtors, it's often if you're near a bike trail, that's one of the very first things listed. Uh, you know, if you're selling your home or, or looking to buy a home. Uh, but man, I can remember the calls. Oh. I can remember them vividly. <laughs> and now you look at we're we're getting ready to to start the 2A section, which basically comes, goes from Route 121 all the way to Mound Road. And I'm getting one or two calls a month from folks who are asking, "Hey, when's that going to be done?" And, and well, we're I can remember the big map uh, that, that that you guys had, you oh, know, yeah. at that time, showing the whole state of Illinois and, and how the plan was to eventually be able to get on a bike trail in Chicago and and you could technically bike all the way down to Southern Illinois, right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, the rail system in Illinois, when they abandoned a railroad, right. uh, some states have been uh, a little more forward-thinking than we have in Illinois. They've grabbed those bike trails or they've grabbed those rail lines, those abandoned rail lines, and moved them into rails-to-trails. Uh, and that's been uh, – it's ter- let's just take Wisconsin. They've, they've done a masterful job of moving that rails-to-trails system forward. Uh, and if we could do that too, just think abandoned rail line to Bloomington. You right. get hop on your bike ride to Bloomington. One uh, of the neat, one of the neat things we're going to talk about this morning is the the, the old Scoville Golf Course uh, that we now call Scoville Park West, and the ability to connect all of the former golf uh, cart paths to the existing bike trail network. Um, there's adjacent land that the conservation district owns, and it would only take about a 1,200 foot section of bike trail to connect that, and that would add four miles of additional trails to our trail network based on what's out at Scoville right now. Yeah, and, and but look, talk to me a little bit about golf, uh, as you mentioned Scoville, because that may be the biggest thing that. Has has changed the most over the years, right? Uh, I mean, I remember when uh, the grand opening for the new Scoville Golf Course, right? Uh, and and Tiger Woods hits the scene, uh, you know, 19, what, 96, somewhere around there. Uh, kids are interested. The game goes boom. Everybody's building golf courses. And then that all evens out. I mean, that was happening as you were going out, right? And certainly uh, happening. And, and even though COVID sort of changed that and brought the numbers back up a little bit, you had to right-size you did. I mean, we looked at the golf system, and you could just see 190, about 195,000 rounds uh, in the mid-90s. Um, and uh, I believe when we had three golf courses, Scoville was still operating. We were playing about 65,000 rounds total on all three golf courses. It just means you have to evolve. You have to repurpose things. You have to right-size in order to maintain... One of the things that, that I always looked at with the park district was the fiscal health of the district. And with golf, you just can't operate a golf course on fifteen to 18,000 rounds a year. And I think, you know, the board took some heat for that, but made a decision that set the community up long-term with two really nice public golfers. I mean, we have great public golf indicators. Well, the two courses are fantastic, and then I look at, 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 and we can talk about this a little later with Bob Brilly, because we've had this conversation you know, forever. Uh, there were a lot of diehards that were upset about the closing of Nelson Golf Course, but if you look at what Nelson Park has transformed into, and then you look at lakefront development, it's funny, I pulled out 
a uh, uh, Decatur Lakefront design unveiling uh, from about 10 years ago, uh, you, you know, where if you look at this, and, and you remember this, of course, uh, you know, there was a plan on kind of transforming that east side of town. And now I look at what the zoo, you know, you know with the additions to the zoo, uh, with the additions to the Children's Museum, the Sculpture Park, and then right down the road, you've got the Devon Lakeshore Amphitheater, you've got disc golf, you've got a dog park, uh, you've got the Overlook Adventure Park, you've got the uh, aquatic facility. You, you know, I don't think anybody could have seen that, you know, 10 years ago when everyone was mad about closing Nelson. You know, when you... Um when you talk about the bike trails and people screaming about the bike trails, let's try out closing the golf courses. Right. And the Nelson Park, that would, do you remember the hue and cry? Yeah. That would never happen. Nothing would ever happen there. It would just sit vacant. And today, uh, it looks a little different, doesn't it? Yes. And, and that's happened so quick, and it's happened because of... I think the, the the view from the park district and the park board, but also because we have, you know, the Howard Buffetts of the world who have been able to, on top, uh, you know, through the foundation, as you said, nuts and bolts, you know, the park board covers that, but the luxuries, being able to sell out those shows and have all that, uh, that's unbelievable that that happened in such an incredible way. It didn't cost taxpayers anything. Right. Absolutely. And, and I don't think anybody realized, uh, you know, when they were building the Devon or really envisioning what it would become. And I remember standing there for a first show and the host down there, too, and, and it was like, what in the world have we done? Yeah. <laughs> and how are we going to manage all this? And we had to retool very quickly, but, you know, then we were able to absorb larger crowds. And uh, it's been a huge blessing to the district. And, and the Devon, the su- success of the Devon really helps fund things like the DIS that have struggled, you know, through COVID and uh, some of our other programs. So um, we need the Devon to be successful. But, you know, without donors like Howard and all the donors. I think about donors, just even the train expansion. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know it's been around a couple of years, so everybody acts like it's always been here. But just that idea of being able to do that, just the, the sculpture park, uh, which was a relatively, for Howard, small investment to connect the Children's Museum and the Scoville Zoo to where that now feels like a, a park experience, right? Like I'm not driving to one parking lot and getting back in my car and driving over to the other parking lot. You feel like you get a whole experience. Absolutely. It's a great connection between the two sites, and uh, we just updated the sculptures here about a year ago. And so if you haven't had a chance to walk through the sculpture garden, go visit it. Visit the uh, the uh, Oriental Garden there at, uh, at the zoo and the, the Scoville House, and just uh, you can really get some good re- relaxation time in that those areas. All right, when you put this together, when, when was this? You remember? Mm. I bet you can recall. Testing your memory here. Probably about 2012, 13. I think it was 2012. Like um, yeah, we got started on that. Put that put that plan together. But you know, the amphitheater. One of the comments that I remember Greg Wykamp, who is really a visionary guy. Uh, made about that. He said that that amphitheater can be the linchpin to not only this park redevelopment, but it can be a game changer for Decatur. And I, I distinctly remember that conversation with him and a lot of foresight there. All right. So uh, without giving away what you're going to be giving away on the stage today how does all that play in you know for planning and 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 we used to do 10-year master plans i I don't know today how you even think about doing 10 years you know as quick as everything changes technology whatever uh but but you know what what do you think is coming in the next five ten years next five to ten years i mean we've got uh I think, and I, I have a vision, I think the board has a vision for revamping um, the former Scoville Golf Course a little bit more. And I mentioned... Got know, a lot of great lands there. Yep, I think there's some, there's some real potential there. Uh, we're going to talk about seniors today and uh, some efforts to uh, expand our senior services and our senior programming now at Scoville. So um, I think you're going to see more and more growth out of the zoo. I think that's just going to continue. People love our zoo. It's a gem of the park district. And, uh, you know, I think um, from the stance of the airport, when we look at commercial development, I think there's huge potential out of the airport to try to grow, um, you know, some of the things that ADM is doing right now and, and other businesses coming to town. Um, I think there's just a lot of lot of growth left to go here at the Park District. All right. And when you think about uh, it's interesting. When I, I, I've said this to both of you on multiple occasions. If you go to Maui uh, in Hawaii where they just got done playing uh, the opening tour, uh, PGA Tour event there, uh, and you go to the uh, uh, the unbelievable uh, courses up there at Kapalua, right? I mean, these are like $900 around golf courses. They had to close one of their three courses because of the lack of play. I mean, it, it's not like... 
just Decatur, Illinois. And they can play year-round, by the way. And, and people traveling to Maui can certainly afford those kind of prices. But they turned that golf course into one of these recreational centers. You know, they kept the car paths, and, and they created sort of easy, medium, hard, where you could, you know, do trails, you could do all kinds of things. And and now the, the hotel properties around there, their guests love it. it, it it's like a built-in gym or an outdoor sort of uh, uh, area where people can get exercise. I, I look at Scoville, and I think it's perfectly situated for that. Well, Brian, when our staff were at Dallas for the National Parks and Rec Association Conference here uh, a few months ago, we, we had an opportunity to go to the Dallas Arboretum and just walk through there and go, wow, if we could replicate something like this or the Morton Arboretum uh, in some smaller fashion. Yeah, but you've got all the room to do all of Yes, yes. We need the help. We need the manpower. We need to form more partnerships for the community to help with that because, you know, our folks can maintain massive gardens like that. But, um, you know, we think there's huge potential out of Scoville. Um, And then on the programming side, you know, we've we've got to continue to combat this this digital technology thing. Um, You know, there's a point where we can engage with it, but we've also got to get kids to disconnect connect and come out in the nature and, and, and understand what that feeling of being out walking a trail without your cell phone on even your earbuds in just taking in and breathing in nature it is refreshing it is something that the younger generation i think is missing out on right now too much screen time too many video games we've got to figure out a way to get them back in the parks back in the trail system you know, well, that, that, good luck with that you're gonna be like bill in the west enders on that one <laughs> uh, uh trying to lay that bike trail through there the first time uh it, it, look we're, we're not ever gonna go back yeah. finding a balance i think is a legitimate you know conversation but i would also i look around this room today and i look up you know what uh, upstairs and what that was when it first opened, right? And golf simulators were not common at that time, right? No, an indoor practice facility was. We were out front of that, out front of that. But that was technology, mm-hmm. you, you know, and that was, you know, how, where do I go if I'm a high school golfer or a college golfer in the winter in Decatur, Illinois, and, and hit balls and, and practice? I see so much potential for for the mixed usage of what you're saying, but also embracing the technology. Uh, I, I can't imagine why uh, Scoville wouldn't have, you know, an electric vehicle charging station for mm-hmm. the people who are out there enjoying their hikes and all those things. It, it, and I know that's not an easy you know, you know, balance to find between the two worlds, but that's what we're living in. Absolutely, absolutely. We have to balance between um, what technology is today and embrace the future and what that's going to be. At the same time, you know, we do want folks to get out and enjoy our parks and uh, get out, get outside and enjoy the world. All right. And, and what's the biggest difference today for you, Bill, sitting here 100 years, uh, the anniversary, when you first arrived in Decatur? When was that? 1988. I started work March 1st, 1988. Yeah. What's the biggest difference to you? You know, neighborhood parks. We talked about golf. All the things that, that you know, in 1988 you could count on that maybe you can't count on today. Well, we've evolved. We've evolved into a more, what should I say, a society that instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to have things now. We have to have them. It's like Burger King. We want it our way. And I think that was being used to, in 1988. Yeah, you have to evolve. And it's, I, I heard yesterday on the, uh, when you all were talking about the app, it's like, it was like pulling teeth to get when we first moved into, uh, you know, an automated registration system. Uh, RecTrack was at the cutting edge of that then. And again, here was a company that I think the users had to pull them into the next century, and we just now got an app. Yeah. How long have we been using apps? Don't. Forever. You know, Boo at the Zoo was the perfect example. When you, during COVID, spacing people out, finding ways to do things, when it went to the appointment system and having gone for so many years and it just being, you know, the hot times where everybody's trying to jam through those turnstiles at the very hot times versus coming at a specific time, walking right in, having it spaced out and comfortable, the experience went up exponentially just by using technology and just by, you know, lightening that load at different times or load management. And I think that... Uh, well, I mean, you're, you're seeing that now with the DMV, right? I mean, they're, they're, I mean after all these years, exactly and right. it took Jesse White kind of retiring and, and somebody new coming in to go, look, we got to get it at least into the 90s uh, on this technology. And now, you know, instead of standing out there and taking a deli number, you know, you're making an appointment on your phone. Uh, you know, you're getting right in and right out. And, and that's just the way people want to live their lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. They want to look 
up uh, what they can do in a park, what they can do when they go to a location. If they want to just walk the trails, where do we get on a trail and things like that. So the app will help with that, and the app will help with program registrations a whole lot as well. I think the donuts have arrived. Ah, uh, I see. There's a little bit of commotion. Boxes and boxes and boxes, boxes of donuts. donuts. And Good Samaritan and Nikki Harder donated those to us this morning. So big thanks to her uh, for doing that. So. Well, that was nice. Yes. Yeah, they do a lot with that uh, throughout the year. You can certainly support the Good Samaritan Inn. And then you've got uh, the folks coming in from Richland and uh, the Bistro. Uh, they'll be serving breakfast at around 730 this morning. That's right. And then uh, people will take to the stage around 8, and we'll bring all of that to you if you can't be here physically. But if you want to come on out, yeah. they just say come on out. They come can handle out. it. Yep. $10 ticket. We can still fit you in. All right. Uh, we'll talk about school board another day. We can do that. Yeah. <laughs> you got out. You're like Al Pacino in Godfather 3. You know, they should be dragging you back in. Uh, and uh, we'll do that as well. You know what my kids are telling me about that, don't you? What's that? Your flunk in retirement. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> An argument could be made. <laughs> An argument could be made. Thank you for all your service. Uh, thank you for the next however many years. Uh, we're looking forward uh, to seeing what all is going to be uh, unveiled today. This is one of the greatest assets we have in this community, and I mean that uh, from the bottom of my heart, just quality of life. We're going to take a break for uh, bottom of the hour stories and news. When we get back here, uh, we're going to visit. I saw Bill Van Austin walk in here. I haven't talked to Bill forever. Can't wait. Chris Riley, all kinds of great guests. We'll be back after this. Stay tuned. With your stories now. An Indiana lawmaker is making an attempt to lure the Chicago Bears over the border. Indiana State Representative Earl Harris Jr.'s legislation proposes forming a sports development commission with a goal of enticing a pro sports franchise to set up shop in the region. The Bears purchased the former Arlington National Racecourse property as a possible new location for a stadium complex. The team's lease with Soldier Field goes through 2033, but they can break the lease as early as 2026 if they pay a fee. Decatur Public Schools will begin offering students a snack on monthly district-wide half days starting next Wednesday. Previously, students went home before lunch and were not offered a midday meal before school was dismissed on half days. Now, students will be offered a snack before half-day dismissal. The half-day snacks must be eaten at school and not on buses. District-wide half days are once a month, January through April. More stories, podcasts, and videos at NowDecatur.com. News. I'm Chris Foster. Five days from the New Hampshire primary, new polls show former President Trump with a 14 to 16 point lead over Nikki Haley there and Ron DeSantis in single digits. DeSantis moved a majority of his campaign staff to South Carolina. Haley's home state insisting a loss there will deliver a knockout blow to Haley's campaign. Though DeSantis tells Fox he's not skipping New Hampshire. Fox, Brian Yenis. Pakistan responds to airstrikes by Iran with airstrikes in Iran. These strikes by Pakistan's Air Force allegedly targeted militant hideouts, much like Iran said after its own airstrikes yesterday. It appears the two countries are targeting separate groups they accused the other of harboring. Iran State TV says at least seven people died in Pakistan's attack, three women and four children. Fox with Jonathan Savage. Three people are electrocuted in Portland, Oregon after getting out of a car hit by a fallen power line in an ice storm. America's listening to Fox News. At Decatur Family YMCA, you'll find more than just a place to work out. With opportunities to connect with neighbors and give back to your community, you'll discover a greater sense of purpose, too. Now through January 31st, we're waiving the joiner fee for all new members. Come and enjoy a welcoming environment focused on building personal strength, endurance, and confidence, no matter your age or skill level. There are no annual fees and no contracts. You already belong at the Y. You just need to join. Now through January 31st, you pay no joiner fee. Learn more at DecaturYMCA.com. Sale, sale, sale. Shop on Main is having an entire store sale of winter apparel, accessories, gifts, and Christmas merchandise. Our loss is your gain. With 25 to 75% off going on now. Sale, sale, sale starts Tuesday, December 26th at 10 a.m. Get there to shop all the amazing items. We've never had a sale like this. So now's the time to shop. Up to 75% off. Stop in and save at Shop on Main at 407 North Main in beautiful downtown Decatur.
Here's a look at your News Channel 20 Storm Team forecast today. We've got a slight chance of snow this morning. Then it'll be cloudy to start and gradually sunny as the day goes on, a high of only 30. Dude, we're now under a winter weather advisory. you got to update your forecast. <laughs> well, I just printed that. I just pulled it up. 6 p.m. tonight <clears throat> until 12 p.m. Friday. Yep. Okay. Well, and tonight, snow. It's uh, mainly up until around 4 a.m. overnight, low around 7, with wind chill values as low as negative 7. For Friday, patchy, blowing snow between noon and 2, cloudy, and then sunny, high near 12, and then Saturday, sunny with a high near 12. The current temperature in downtown Decatur is 22 degrees. Your WSOY time is 622. This look of your weather is brought to you by Shop on Main, downtown Decatur. Modern looks, old-fashioned pampering. to Fires and Company, streaming live at NowDecatur.com. It's fun to watch a room come together, right? You know, uh, we got here, and there were already uh, quite a few bodies uh, here this morning right before we went on the air. Uh, and now everyone's sort of getting here, and uh, they've got a whole look at the organization of just the passing of the donuts. It's awesome. It is coming around. They have got the green trays, and they've got dozens of do-good donuts Going out to all the wonderfully decorated tables. This is going to be fun. Room looks nice, doesn't it? Looks wonderful. I, this is the first time I've seen the Tillamook uh, a hippie van. Uh, they over had there. it out there at uh, Trees on the T. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I didn't go this year, uh, uh, but that is uh, really cool looking, and, and and it's even better than what I thought. Uh, the big screen. They've got uh, the train car here from the zoo. I don't know if you saw the T-shirts. Uh, you got to get one on the way out. Uh, they've got the Fairview Park Bears uh, T-shirts, uh, uh, which, don't worry, it's only a cartoon depiction. No actual bears were harmed in the making of that T-shirt. Uh, but some people uh, uh, that we're going to introduce here were probably around long enough to remember when there were bears in Fairview Park. Bill Van Alstyne <laughs> and Chris Riley. Uh, do you have any memories from childhood I of that? I don't. Yeah? I do not. I've heard about it, but I've, I, I just feel don't like I do. Like I can remember kind of where it was in the park, wow. Bill. Oh yeah, I remember it very well. <laughs> yeah. He's a little older. So, yeah, I am older, and spent a lot of time around. I just heard a story the other night about bears when they got somebody let them loose. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, well, That's, you know, yeah. what, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was way before the zoo, uh, uh, and uh, this is a better way to go. Uh, all right. I, I, you know, we've talked a lot about uh, serving, you know, on the school board, serving on the city council. Uh, the park board commissioners, I think, kind of fly under the radar a little bit unless you're closing down a golf course or unless you're instituting a bike trail. For the most part, uh, I, I would imagine, and speak for yourself, was it a pleasure to serve? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. How many yes. years? Uh, I was in 18 years. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. somebody doesn't do something for 18 years if they hate it, right? Oh, absolutely. Because a lot required of you. Uh, but it was one of those things that, you like to say, very few things did you do to make people unhappy. They no, were you're going to have happy. You're the fun people. Yeah, absolutely. All right. What made you get uh, the first time you decided to run? How did that happen? Uh, really, it's just a matter of, like so many people my age, we grew up in the park district uh, and the parks and did Billy ball, tether ball, they have a little everything. And so I just felt it was nice to maybe give something back. Okay. Uh, did somebody twist your arm a little bit? No, I don't think so. I think I pretty much did it on my own. Uh-huh. Uh, though I know Jerry Menz, uh, he got at Once I said I wanted to run, he was pushing all the time. Uh, to get me going on it. That was Jerry's middle name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and Chris, you know, you clearly uh, grew up in the park district with the park singers and all the, the cultural arts programs. Yep. So is that what made you decide to be a park board commissioner? Yeah, it is. So I moved away from the community for three years or so. And then uh, when we, once we got back, we lived out in Cerro Gordo, but I started talking. I mean, I, I, I kept in touch with Jerry a lot, but to start talking to Bill Clevenger about, you know, what it would take to be on the park board. And uh, and he gave me some insight and stuff, and then I just decided we moved into town, and I said, let's, I'm going to do it. How I mean, many I, years? I was on 18 years. Wow. So between the two of you, I mean, that, that's a long time for public service. Absolutely. Yeah. But you're not alone. I, I mean, I was thinking about this and having a conversation with Bill before we went on the air. You think about Lloyd Irish. You think about Judy Locke. You think about Bill Cannon. You know, you think about uh, Jack Kenny, right? Yeah. I, I, I mean, there have been a number of board members that have served for many, 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 many years. And, and I think that continuity is important. I mean, if you're going to get stuff done, 
done, you can't stop, start, stop, start every four years, or in your case, six years or whatever it is. I, I mean, did the, the, the continuity matter? Yeah, well, there's only five of us, right? Yeah. I mean, there's five people on the park board. So if you don't have some longevity in there and you just keep flipping people, I mean, you're not going to have a vision that you can see. And I think I think that's the beauty of the park board and the way we worked. I mean, I remember I came on when Bill was on the board with Judy and Jack Kenny, and and Don Louie. Right, and then you know it just the vi- that vision continued. You lose one at a time, generally, right, in an election when someone decides they're not going to do it any longer. And but that vision continues, and it's just it's. I mean, it's turned out beautifully. I mean, I just when I drive around Decatur and I look at the things that we have in town, I can think of all the meetings, right? I mean, where I was at, what I was doing to be involved in all these different things, including, I mean, the disc opened up, right, when you I guys was getting both, elected. Uh, okay, I, I, I get the timeline's terrible for me. I, I mean, I remember when it all started, but I don't remember who all was there. You would have been here uh, when the conversations were taking place with Millican University. Yes, about building absolutely, this place. yeah. yeah uh, and then those partnerships. Yes. And, and that was maybe one of the first big ones. I, I mean, meaning that, like, uh, and I've had this conversation with Milliken. You know, they were sitting on a campus, kind of an island unto themselves, and and that was one of the first, I think, these formations of conversations about groups coming together, uh, and how do we serve the community and mutually benefit from partnering. Sure. Yep. And I think just over a period of time, we learned how to partner more and more yeah. as we went along, city, the county. But this, at the time, was no, different. This was absolutely different. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And we were wanting some sort of facility like this, and that was the way it became possible with having Milliken as a partner. Okay. Now, certainly things evolve. Again, you know, that's been an awful long time ago, even though this kind of still feels new to me. Uh, It's not new. Uh, Chris was mad at me for a couple years because I didn't endorse him in his first run because he was running against uh, Bill Cannon. And I love Bill. Uh, 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 Sorry. (laughs) uh, But it is important. Uh, I I wanted to spend a couple of minutes talking about Jerry Mins. Uh, You know, you can't talk about. 100 years of the Decatur Park District without talking about his input. He had a vision. I mean, it was really something. He wanted to take sports because he, he was, you know, a referee in the Big 12 and Big 10. He wanted to take that mindset and take it into the arts. And and he started the boss program, the Young Park Singers, he had the Decatur Park Singers. With Daryl Beck, sort of special Olympics. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was that was incredible. I mean, the vision that he had with Daryl at the time and, and, the, and the Beck family, you know, I mean, and all that. I mean, it was just... It, it was a phenomenal, and you see the vision, and it's still here today, with what what the art staff does with the boss program and perform, you know, which and it's just to keep kids involved, and the, the dance program is just blown up. I mean, it's it's going fantastic. So, uh, it's it's really cool to think about, you know, some things they come and go, right? I mean, I, I, the park singers are one. I mean, you know, I mean they had their time. Well, but and, but didn't that kind of go hand in hand with? Neighborhood parks. I, I, I mean, you, you know, where people used to gather and do things in their neighborhood parks, and that's less and less. I mean, you know, if you've got a 20-year-old like I do, I mean, they're in the, in the bedroom on video games and, and, and not going to the, the closest park. So the audience, I, I mean, it wasn't just the program. I think right. it was just no, life itself yeah. just sort of drifted away from that. I mean, you know, an ice cream social sounds quaint today. Yeah, it does. And, I mean, back in those days, like Kiwanis Park, you get away, hundreds, I mean, hundreds of people. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was incredible, the number of people. People that would come out, and the you know the baseball games going on, and then the you should have Chris do his Neil Diamond for you, later. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, uh, but Jerry was, you know, it was interesting because I felt like he was a visionary on the whole recreation side, and and I remember, you know, when those two things were like parks were over here and recreation was over here, and those two things don't touch, and right? The airport, and, and then the airport, yeah. Things, yeah. And then what do you mean, Bob Shear's making more money than <laughs> I'm making? You know, on the pro shop, you know, and all. All those conversations evolved over the years, sure. and now I think what you have is a better operating uh, system. You know, the parks are now one experience, and everybody works together. Yeah, yeah. and and it's yeah one vision for everyone to succeed. Yeah, and I think that evolved as well. I, uh, I agree, and, and and it's better for the taxpayers. Uh, and then on top of that, the foundation which you served again for years, right? Yes. Uh, uh, how important was that? And then Judy Locke's vision, you know, to now I mean, anybody with vision, right? Yes. I mean, it could be a pain in the ass. I, I mean, you know, Jerry, Judy, whatever, you know. But without those people that really think forward and, and people go, what are you talking about? And then 20 years 
later you go, oh, exactly. We were one of the first foundations and, and doing things ahead of other communities and saying, look, you got a tax base, you, you know, uh, as Bill told us earlier, that takes care of the nuts and bolts, but our community deserves Mercedes-Benz level, you, you know, recreation. And, and a lot of that was done by raising a lot of private dollars. Absolutely. And Judy certainly was a big driver there. It's People got to a point they didn't want to see her coming towards them because they knew she was going to do something <laughs> about foundation and money to the parks. Right. But it, it was what we needed. Yeah. It's going. And then we take it all those years further, and, and thanks to the Howard G. Buffett Foundation and all Absolutely. the incredible gifts, and now the Devon Lakeshore Amphitheater. I mean, you guys were both around when the controversy around Nelson Golf Course was there. Oh, yeah. Look at Nelson Park today. I mean, can you believe it? Well, I can. I can, I can too, but I, I don't but know. Over, that... over that time. I mean, yeah, when we were closing that golf course, I mean, oh, my gosh. You know, I mean, so then that's the thing. We made some hard decisions, and that's the tough times. But, you know, we're in charge of fun. And so we turned what was bad, so to say, you know, from a financial perspective. And we look what that's gone into now. And, and that whole area of town is just blown up because of what's there. I love it. I mean, it's just, it's so much fun to see. And you drive by there on a weekend during the summer and you see the parking lot full because all the kids are in the water park, you know, and you got people playing putt putt and you know there's a Devon concert that night. I mean, it's just, it's phenomenal. I remember the first, uh, one of the very first concerts at the Devon, and I'm standing up on the hill, you know, by the, the big pavilion, and I'm looking down, and I see all these boats, you, you know, yes. out on the water. Uh, you see all of these people, and you go, all right, and this is what Judy had. Uh, you know, it's the old line from Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, you know, like I've got 20-20 vision and the rest of the world wears bifocals. There are people out there that can see that, and thankfully they, they are, because sometimes the public needs to have it just, you, you know, when they can arrive and it's done bike trails, whatever it might be, skate parks. I mean, I think about all the things, you know, over the oh, years. That was a mess where, where there's all kinds of perception uh, versus the reality of when it's real and I can yeah. come see it myself. Yeah. Well, and you think, I mean, when we closed the road there oh. in the park, yeah. right, I mean, and because we thought we were going to be on a quicker time frame than what we were with the with the amphitheater, but, you know, but we still, the vision was there. And then, you know, it just took us, and then with the state of Illinois falling apart, right, with uh, with the funding, and then... But falling the, apart would be a kind way of putting it. Well, Pat Quinn promised you money that he didn't give you. Uh, he didn't you know, quite sign the, the press conference and everything. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. Howard broke himself out of out of the hospital yeah. to come for that. But, you know, I mean, but still, Howard Howard stayed with us, and then he funded, you know, the the entire project. And, uh, and you look at what that does today. It's fantastic. I, I think it's important to have leadership that can see vision. Right. Not everyone can. Uh, not every elected official can. Uh, one elected official called that whole thing a pipe dream. You know, and, and I've got the emails to this day. Uh, and, and thankfully, you know, that that doesn't lead. Right. I mean, the, you know, the lack of vision, you know, generally, uh, maybe it's good to have those people that are just naysayers. They're, what if the Israelis have the 11th man or whatever. Uh, but thankfully, there are visionaries because we wouldn't have a lot of the stuff we're talking about if, if you didn't take a little bit of leap of faith. That's, and that's what we did. I, you know, I, I, when you look at what's been, I'd say shuttered, right? What's been closed in the park district over time, but yet look at the the flowers, right? Yeah. And sometimes you just have to till the ground. Well, you no, you have to change. Yeah. I mean, you have to uh, because the world's not going to stop, and the world's going to keep changing, and you've got to be there to provide the fun, whatever that means. Yep. Um, I appreciate your service. I really do. And uh, uh, thank you and, and to all of your fellow commissioners over the years. 100 years. Big yeah. deal. Crazy. All right. We appreciate it, guys. Thank we're going to take a break. Thanks a lot. Throw okay. it back to the studios with Dom. Uh, actually, we're just going to go in straight into the break. When we get back here, uh, we're going to visit with a current board member uh, and an impact story that he is going to deliver for us. A little bit later today, some former park leaders. You remember the yellow hat days? Uh, we'll talk about that. And the program will start right around 8 o'clock. We'll visit with Mark Topper. we got Bob Brilly, Jamie Gower, all kinds of people coming through. Uh, 100 years with the Decatur Park District. Back with more right after this. Join your friendly neighborhood real estate guru, Tom Brinkotter of Brinkotter Realtors for Tuesdays with Tom, an all-new podcast on NowDecatur.com. Tom will bring you the latest scoop on our community and will sit down with special guests to discuss all things real estate and shine a spotlight on our community's movers and shakers. With Tom's wit and charm, you're in for a fun and informative ride every Tuesday. Tune in for the kickoff of Tuesdays with Tom on February 6th. Make sure to subscribe at NowDecatur.com today. Find your way home. Brinkotter.com. Isn't it time you start having regular checkups? A primary care physician from Memorial Care can help detect illness early and help you plan for future wellness. Physicians in the Decatur area are accepting new patients. Visit memorial.health today. 
A primary care physician from Memorial Care can help you better manage your medications. Having one provider who knows your health can help ensure your meds are working together. Physicians in Decatur are accepting new patients. Visit memorial.health today. Hey, to social engineering and leftist corporations, do they make you feel like we're kind of living in the twilight zone? Well, you're not alone. Now, our friends at Pure Talk, my wireless company, they know the silent majority is fed up. And I'm calling on all of those Americans, stand with a company that champions your values. The average family is saving almost $1,000 a year. Dial pound 250, say the keyword, save now. Do it now. You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. From our friends at Pure Talk. Illini fans, this year we celebrate the 100th anniversary of Memorial Stadium for the 2024 Fighting Illini football season. Season tickets for the 2024 football season are on sale now. And Illini fans who renew their season tickets by February 1st are eligible to win amazing prizes, memorabilia, and experiences. Secure your season tickets for homecoming, Dad's Day, and a special rededication of Memorial Stadium on October 19th against Michigan. Visit FightingIllini.com for more information. Listening to Buyers and Company, streaming live at nowdecator.com. I think we might have been at a community leaders breakfast at the uh, Decatur Conference Center back when the Decatur Lakefront design unveiling was released. And if you go back, and I've got reams of this stuff uh, throughout the years uh, with Parks Foundation and everything else where, you know, uh, this is Greg Weikamp and his group. You know, they come in and they do, uh, uh, they, they meet with citizens, you know, they do focus groups, they, they look at what's possible, and they do this all around the United States of America. Uh, and, and I remember having this conversation with Greg, I don't know how many times over the last 30 years, uh, uh, several times. When you look at Lake Decatur and, and you look at what was then the marina and what now is becoming the marina, and you look at Chandler Park and then you look at Nelson Park, uh, and, and the potential for that part of town was always tremendous. I, I mean, the upside was unbelievable. Uh, uh, Nick, I don't have to tell our next guest, Chris Harrison, he's a real estate agent, he understands this stuff. Um, you, you, you know, there's so much potential and so much that's already been reached that when this was put out back in 2012 did not exist. Right. There, there was nothing there. And, and it's funny you pull that out because the reason I'm on the park board as a commissioner is because of that unveiling. Okay. Because when that unveiling happened, this was when Facebook was new and everybody figured out they could complain on Facebook all the time. Well, I was one that went on there and said, this lakefront development is huge. There's so much potential here. Why are people against it? I'm not an original Decatur guy. And I said, this is something we have to do. It could be beautiful. It could be amazing. And it was Cindy Derrick Wolfer that then came into my bank, you know, a few days later. And she goes, have you ever thought about running for park board? Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and I said, no. Yeah. I didn't know that uh, when I brought this this morning. But, but yes, I heard you guys talking earlier about yeah. it, and I remember when it, that came out. It, it is. I, I think people have to have vision. It's the hardest thing about being an elected official. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, elected officials have vision. You know, right. and, they're, and and occasionally you've got to be a naysayer. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's good to have arguments about what to spend money on. I mean, there's no right. doubt. Uh, but you, you want visionary leadership because that's how you move forward as a community. There's always the no people. I mean, right. they, they are... No matter what, you, you could walk down the street and hand out a hundred dollars, and somebody would go, "What? Not two hundred? I, I mean, that is how people are, right? So you have to have people who see the vision. We were talking about Jerry Men's uh, a little earlier. You probably don't have a lot of life experience in that area, but our next guest with you, uh, you know, is still benefiting from that vision today because the cultural arts was his thing. You, you know, uh, the creation of the Park Singers, the creation of Boss, the creation of of all these programs. Uh, when kids had sporting leagues out the wazoo, you know, you could play football, you could play baseball, you could do all these things. You know, where did you go if you were an artist or, or you were a dancer or you were a singer? And he created all those programs all those years ago that have evolved today, not the same as they were then, but somebody had to drive that process. Right, right. If somebody had to be the one to say, well, you know, just because it doesn't have a ball doesn't mean it's not important. Right. And, and, and really look at it now. And I'm sure when he did that, people are going, ah. They're not playing football or baseball. Who cares? 
and 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 what the program has become now is is certainly amazing. Well, introduce your guest, uh, and I want to hear Laura's story. Yes, uh, Laura Mahan. We we've been friends for a long time, family friends, kids, and everything. And and her daughter has been you know a huge part of the arts program. Um, I'll let her tell all the different events well, that she's been well, in. Okay, first before we get into that, what's it meant for her? Everything. Um, she never really got into sports, and I was kind of wondering what would be her thing. And we came to the park district. We started dance classes, and that quickly evolved to all of her other events that she does with them. And, I mean, she does not wake up a day where she doesn't want to go to the arts center and see what is there. She has became family with them, and they encourage her, and she has gained a hundred times more confidence in her daily life just from her experiences there. So right, I really think it's everything for her. You know, you got to find your space, right? Yeah. And the camaraderie and the friendship and all the relationships you build. And, and some kids do that through football and some kids do that through dance. And, and I, I feel like the Park District has been, you know, great in offering all of those different opportunities to people. What, what are some of the programs she's participated in? Um, well, we take... Uh, five different dance classes uh-huh. um, throughout the week. Um, on the weekends, we're getting ready to start. Um, it's now Bo's uh, Best of Winter Stock. Okay. Um, it used to be performed, so they're sure. going to do The Wizard of Oz. That's going to be every weekend. Um, then in the summer, she'll do Boss and take a few dance classes just to keep busy and be there. <laughs> now, now, how important is, you know, as a, as a commissioner, but for the park district itself, to have these invested parents? Because, you know, these programs don't happen without a lot of volunteers. A- absolutely. And, and just like in sports, you need the coaches and the people help on the field, but it's the parents that are, you know, helping arrange the kids. I know you get into costumes and organizations at these five different dance classes. You go to a dance recital, you've got probably 20 different events of ages and classifications and, and genres. And there's parents behind the scenes, organizing the kids. Nope, you guys are two more away. Get, start getting ready. And so this so, is kind of a shared experience, then, right? Yeah. I, I mean, not just for your daughter, but for your whole family. Yeah, it yeah. really has. Um, I, I volunteer all the time. I, In my mind, I'm like, well, I'm here. I might as well help where I can. Um, I know there's you know, some parents that aren't able to come, and that's okay. And, oh, but there you go. There's always... They're the few that will step up and do a lot of the yeah. work, and thankfully for them, that the, you, you people like you are doing that because yeah. it does. I don't know, you guys couldn't do it without them. No, absolutely. I mean, not these big productions. The, the whole park district, but certainly these productions. When it comes to the set crews, set design, the, the workers that build the sets, the costumes, the costumes, and I mean, yeah. I'm not and, doing that. And they've been so. doing it for a long, long time. My my older siblings grew up, you know, we were going to boss performances. They, we were going to Kiwanis Park for Bondoogle. We were doing a lot of you know things. You know, by the way, it, it's actually Boondoggle. I know it is. And we're the only community in America that calls it Bondoogle. I, I, I absolutely, is that on El Dorado Street or El Dorado? <laughs> I, I know we have a history of that. That's exactly right. And a lot of the things that you've pointed out that, you know, that your daughter's doing and, and things that I said that my family's doing aren't actually happening in specifically in the park. It's the recreation around it and, and the ways that they're being innovative of going to concerts, going to dance, going to do art, finding art projects in addition to parks and, well, and, and it's innovation. The partnerships as well. You know, we're sitting here <clears throat> when this was once a conversation about Millican and the Park District partnering on building this facility. Uh, you look at the, the, the art center. That was a car dealership. Uh, was it Pogue uh, yes, that it was donated Pogue. that? Yeah, yeah. houses. Huh? We're, in, we're on, on grounds that were the party houses that we would go to when we were at Millican <laughs> yeah. until they came and presented, hey, would you guys vote for this? And the way they did it was we were in Lower Artuk. They brought pizza. They brought a mini rock climbing wall and freebies and all this fun stuff. We're like, yeah, we'll vote for that. <laughs> of course. The Iowa caucus. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, listen, uh, you would certainly then to other parents out there recommend these programs for their kids. Absolutely. And I think I've run some numbers for Megan before. And since my daughter has started between 2021 and 2022, I think numbers have gone up 33% in some of the programs. So I really think it's growing, and I hope it continues to grow because this is a way for my daughter to become friends with people she would have never met. Yeah. And, and she's making memories for a lifetime. 
And, and there's so many other opportunities that come through, you know, having, you know, the, the performers on stage, but then they'll also have a makeup class or, you know, the costuming class or the set design where somebody goes, you know, I don't want to be the one out there singing, but I want to be part of it and do what I do. Look, Find your place. I think there's a natural transition. You know, we talk about this partnership between the Park District and Millican. And if you go to the new Millican School of, of, of Performance, and there's whole floors based on that. I mean, there's a room of buttons. There's a room of wigs. There's a room of – and I see some of these kids – you know, that are growing up here, starting in your programs that might take that path, you know, to Millican University and, and who knows, Broadway, whatever. I we mean, never know. That's exactly right. Yep. yep. Uh, a lot of fun. So uh, how do you find the board today, Chris? We only got about a minute left here, but uh, a pretty good uh, working relationship with everyone. Absolutely. We've got a great board. Uh, Stacy Young, Bob Riley, and myself are probably the longest tenured. Uh, Shalith and Kristen. Kristen White and then Shalith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's great. And, and like you said, you know, not to be a naysayer, but, you know, but there's times that we we challenge each other we say is this right is there a better way is there something different is there another priority and and that's always hard because you do have to say no to certain things at times and it's all about you know finding the priority we've handled a lot of big projects you know i look back five seven years ago we had four or five big projects we had the water park we had the amphitheater we had bike trails happening now you look around we've got 12 to 15 Kind of small, what would call smaller projects, uh, neighborhood parks, uh, extension of trails, lots of different things that are happening right now. All right. We appreciate both of you. Thank you for sharing your story today. And, uh, Chris, keep up the service to the community. Appreciate it. Uh, we're going to take a break uh, for top of the hour. We'll get back here. we got a lot more guests. 100 years with the Decatur Park District. We're live at the disc. Back with more right after this. This is Brian Barnard, voice of the Fighting Illini on Decatur's home for Fighting Illini Athletics for over 75 years. WSOY Decatur, 1340 AM, 103.3 FM, and streaming at nowdecatur.com. This is RJ Crace with your stories now. Starting this fall, a new state law will require yearly mental health screenings for Illinois' 2 million school students. The goal is to identify troubled children and intervene before any mental health problems escalate. Ideally, a screening session will be a 15-minute one-on-one conversation between a trained social worker or counselor and a student. The State Board of Education is currently working through the challenge of exactly how to get a mental health screening process up and running. New permanent rules will soon take effect governing how people can register their assault weapons and related equipment with the state police. State lawmakers, of course, passed a ban last year. Under that law, people who already own such items before the ban are allowed to keep them, but they must register those items as part of their FOID card with the state police. The new permanent rules will replace temporary rules that have been in place since October. For more- You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.